The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. G'day and welcome to the Ball Boys AFL Fantasy Podcast. Today we are reviewing the final practice matches before the start of round one. Let's go! G'day and welcome to the Ball Boys AFL Fantasy Podcast. I'm your host, Mitch Casey, and you can find me on Twitter at Ball Boys Fantasy. And uh, to talk some footy with some actual good camera angles, I'm here with <laughs> Luke. How are you, mate? Mate, how good was it to have stats back as well? Oh, the stats. I, yeah. I was telling you before that obviously we we repeat in the preseason. Now, don't just look at the stats. Don't just look at the stats. But <laughs> then we look at the stats. But we look at the stats. <laughs> like when someone comes out and scores a 180 and all these sort of things, like Twitter is ablaze it's at hard, the moment. It's so. hard to... Um yeah, it's hard to ignore. And and <laughs> I've been telling myself all preseason, don't be reactionary, don't be reactionary. <laughs> yeah. And then I look at the stats and I'm like, I've got to have a guy. I've got to have it. I've got to have it. I've got to ditch this guy. I've got to get this guy in. It's so bad. So it's, it's, human it's nature, the but. time of year where teams are changing. Yeah. Uh, we're, we're talking about names we've never thought about before. You know, where players are playing poorly. They're out of our side. So <laughs> there's a lot of us to go through. So uh, maybe stick with us if this is potentially a longer episode. Yep. But we're going to go through every game by game over the weekend and sort of bring out our, our main takeaways from each of the games from each of the relevant players and uh, and just our thoughts on how our teams and, and where we're heading for the start of round one. So uh, Before we get started, did you yeah. want to um, mention... Oh, yes. Thank you on? for reminding me. Yes, yeah. we have. Uh, very exciting. We've got uh, two leagues coming up for the Ball Boys AFL Fantasy Leagues. We've got an open classic league where we're going to be running... Uh, you know, everyone can come and join that one. So I think that what we'll do is we'll put a description... Oh, sorry, in the description, we'll put a link down to join the league. Um, that is for your classic leagues. And we also have a bit of a, a competition, would you say, or yeah, a, a, yeah, so. a way for us to for, to get guys joining our draft league. So if you guys want to join a draft league, we've got a few spots, not many, but a few spots available for um, listeners to come and join. The way we're going to do it is if you guys want to draft against us, the draft is next Saturday at 3 p.m. Australian Daylight Savings Time, uh, 2 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. The... What we're going to do is we're going to have everyone, if you want to join, go over to the Apple podcast side of things, 
drop a rating and review, a five-star rating and review. Uh, don't think we'll be accepting any of you as a one-star, but <laughs> a five-star rating and review. And uh, let us know in that review, in the comments, um, let us know that you're, uh, in, you want to be in the draft and uh, let us know your Twitter handle as well. So if you are the winner, if you, if you make it in, we'll send you a DM on Twitter. You have to be following us. On Twitter, we're looking for um, for creative reviews. I think yeah. Is, is the so the most creative uh, review on Apple Podcasts will uh, be accepted into the draft to draft against us. Uh, yeah, so it's uh, it's going to be fun. So let us know, guys, over in the Apple Podcast section. Again, five star reviews. Most creative review will get in, and uh, you can draft against us. So head on over there now. Uh, but let's get stuck into these games, shall we? Yeah, let's do it. We've got plenty to get through. So let's go start with Hawthorne versus Collingwood. Now, uh, this was just, the... Just to clarify, yes. Mitch, who's the Hawthorne coach, just for you and me both? <laughs> oh, yes, yeah, so it's Sam Mitchell. <laughs> Apologies for the last podcast. Look, we did say at the top that it was two podcasts in a row, and uh, I don't know, you and I both, neither of us we're, picked it up on a we, we were For the people who haven't listened to that last podcast, I think there was... There was a five-minute stretch there. Could have even been longer where we uh, we talked about... We're talking Hawthorne, about Clarko. being coached by Clarko. So, <laughs> yeah. apparently old habits die hard and we've just... Our yeah. credibility was just... Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, yes, we do know that Tom... Uh, sorry, not Tom Mitchell. <laughs> Sam, <laughs> Sam Mitchell. Oh, no. This is, oh, going, no. This is an early morning podcast. Flip that, yeah. <laughs> so, Sam Mitchell is the coach for Hawthorne. But, but yes, they will be running tags and they, they showed it. In the yeah. preseason game, to segue over to this game, <laughs> tagging in a preseason game. What are we doing here, Luke? Disgusting, gross. Why? Um, I don't. I, yeah. I don't know. I mean, you know, practice. You know, dress rehearsal. I guess so. if it's part of you, if it's part of what you intend to do, I, I guess yeah, practice in a preseason game. But I think for a lot of us, it was the person being tagged that was probably more yeah. concerned than so, the fact that Hawthorne were tagging. So Nick Dacos played predominantly off halfback. I'll also add in this game. Yep. So last practice match, he was one of the highest CBA attendees at 50%. This game, he was well down the pecking order. Had a few, but... Um, Played you know, a little bit of time on the wing On the well, wing, I, I think, think to, to switch it up. I don't know if that was just to get off the tag yeah, or... The, it, it, he's been the guy that I think in the very first podcast we did, I said, Nick Dacos is my first guy picked this yeah. year. And there's now come a scenario where I'm starting to toy with yeah. maybe not having him. Cause so things that we've mentioned over the preseason, you, you were quick on to um, the tough draw to start yes. the year. yes. Um, and then the other thing is that now that when you look at that Collingwood side, he's easily the first guy that you want to clamp for teams that do choose to yeah. clamp. So it is um, a bit of a red flag when a team comes out, tags you in the preseason. It's a bit of a statement. I, I, I know it's like, duh, you're gonna, you're probably gonna tag Nick Dacos, but other teams might just like turn their heads on that and go, oh, yeah, okay. You know, yeah. we're tagging Nick Dacos. So it just sort of just raises that little bit of doubt even further in your mind. Um, what were his CBAs? Uh, his CBAs, he had two CBAs in the whole match of, yeah, uh, yeah I think there was uh, quick maths. It was about 33 CBAs, so Jeez, very low percentage. So, so talk to me. I um, I was on school camp, so I didn't get a chance to. I was putting kids to bed. I didn't get a chance to, to watch <laughs> yeah. that one. So what? Um, so Collingwood last week... Um, had a they, lot of guys yes, go through yeah, there. What happened yeah. this week? So there were, it was a tighter rotation. I think, still think the same number of people went through there, but because the CBAs were much higher this week as opposed to last week, um, at least from what I saw, um, the guys that went through there, sort of like your, um, the, the two day costs, Lipinski, side bottoms, each of them only had like one or two CBAs each. So okay. there was a tighter mix of guys who went in there a lot. And it was, you know, Crisp, Dugowie, Tom Mitchell, 
Pendlebury and Taylor Adams. So probably five guys that went through there at what I would say a significant rate. Um, so a little bit more... Uh, less of a spread than what we saw the week before, which was very interesting. Um, and I think even with that, some of the players like Dugowie, uh like Pendlebury, um, both had like low time on ground as well. So yeah. the fact that they were up there in the CBAs with low time on ground also maybe suggests that they might get there more yeah. as well. So I think it is maybe a tighter mix than we thought from last week. And if we segue into Tom Mitchell, yes. I think that is... It's a good thing for him. We were obviously panicking about him last year, mm. last week. Mm. Um, I don't know where I sit right now with with Todd Mitchell. It's very, it's wrapping my brain. Yeah, I'm probably still uh, like out of the clown car. I'm probably still exiting. Mm. But it it's interesting. He he scored mid nineties. You don't you don't really want to look at the score in a practice game, but we all do. Yeah. Against what, Hawthorne. what does he have to? What does he have to go for him to be value for us? Is it one oh five? I think one oh five is a good result. I think if you to get to get to that one oh five mark, that means you're you're in touch of the best mids in the game. You're, yeah. you're ten points under price. I think if he goes like even like a one oh three one oh four is not disaster. That's that's still pretty decent. If he's around a hundred, I think there are better picks and other things you could do with that pick. So, yeah. so I'm looking now. So yeah, one oh five I think is what you'd want. Yeah. We'll, and we'll talk about some some guys later in the podcast. But I'm now looking at guys like LDU, Bont, uh, Bailey Smith, uh, Josh Kelly, as all yeah. these guys who their role looks really good. They're yeah. looking solid. Some and of them maybe a little bit more expensive. A bit more expensive, um, but can but closer yeah. to that top top eight sort of level. Exactly. So how do you now kind of if you've got all these guys in mind and Tom Mitchell, how does it all kind of pan out? I'm not sure. Yeah, I, I still think there's a world where Tom Mitchell is a good pick and and he's obviously much more unique now. I think he's under twenty percent owned yeah, wow. in, in AFL fantasy. So um, there is now no longer that sort of safety in the numbers, I think, as well, which we were talking about earlier in the preseason. Yeah. But there is a world where he's still a really good pick mm. and someone that fits a really nice price bracket. Um, I wouldn't say that if you were going with him, I wouldn't talk you out of it. But for me, just because there is confusion and I'm not sure about it, I like my players or the players that I'm picking for me to feel really confident. Yeah. And I don't feel really confident with a Tom Mitchell just because of one, the Collingwood game style um, and you know how well he could score in a game style like that. Two, just the comments still from a like a Pendlebury the week before yep. and and different things like that. And three, just the the difference between the first practice match and this practice match. I think that there is still a room for maybe a Nick Dacos to see more CBAs in the regular season. Um, you know, for that mix to still be spread out a little bit more. Um, it's definitely it, it's it's more positive than what we thought last year, yeah. last week again. But uh, I keep saying last year. Uh, well, it's definitely it, more it is more positive than last year. So, <laughs> yeah. uh, but again, for me, I'm probably it's probably not enough for me to jump back on after jumping off last week. Um, what about the rucks? Let's yeah, talk so, about the, uh, so, the ruck battle. Um, Big Cameron got a few more CBAs than Coxie this game, and Coxie only played 64% time on ground. Now, it, it's... So it's better than last week, but it it's is, still, but still a yeah. split. And that's so, what I'm going to say. It's it's yeah. still not enough for me to jump back on. There's just been a few, like, niggling things throughout the preseason for Cameron, and then you've got Cox. And Cox, in, in um, short patches, is starting to look a little bit like a footballer, which is just really worrying. Oh, yep. um, yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, um, he looked a lot more like Michael Phelps there for a little bit than, than a footballer, <laughs> yeah, and now he's yeah. starting to look the other way. So um, it, it's probably still a, a no for me on Cameron yeah. um, at this stage, just from what we've seen. So we kind of gloss over that one, I think. Most yeah, I think so. Now. 17 CBAs for Cameron, uh, 14 for Mason Cox. So, yeah. I mean, 
the narrative could still be there that they're loading him up from the hamstring thing and like he's he was 35% last time, now he's over 50%. So it's like trending in the right direction. Yeah. So again, I, I could see a world where he comes out and say like Cox isn't named round one. Well, that would throw a, a massive spanner in the works. Um, so yeah, then I, that, would, that would grab my attention. Yeah. Uh, but at the moment, if they were both named in round one, I don't think I'd be going there. Um, the last one I want to touch on for the um, Collingwood Pies there, Taylor Adams. Forward status? Are we? Uh, I think I think he might get it um, at round yeah. six. Well, if he, if he does, then he definitely gets on everyone's radar. Um, yeah, doesn't we've got such a good forward line this this do. year. So I we don't do. think it's something that obviously you don't pick him in anticipation no, because, of it there. But for oh, draft, I think it is something that you could maybe flag, especially when those forwards, yeah, yeah, those forwards will drop off there. So let's what? turn our attention to Hawthorne. Um, yeah. Unless you had anything more on no, there. no. What about so <laughs> the Warpedo has gone and and scored eighty five. Yeah, and like you've noted here, he had I think he had thirty touches. Yeah, he, he had the team high in disposals. So, um, what are we doing with Warpedo, well, mate? <laughs> we've been Warpedo bashing for the whole preseason, and we've I think we've even copped some angry. My my mate who. Um, Dion, shout out to Dion. He's um, a Hawthorne fan, and he's always texted me when we bash Hawthorne and yeah, get, get, yeah. give him a bloody break. But there, there was actually a little scenario where the warpedo came into the Oxlongs. Oh! And I, I immediately had to go and have a shower. Oh, I was, mate. I just, you were I telling felt, me, actually, I think, I think you were No, like, you, well, you are going to stitch me up here. <laughs> you were telling me that you like the look of the team oh, when he was in there. Oh, I remember no, you telling me. No, no. It looks was, good. All this so, cash I'm saving. He's so cheap. He's yeah. so cheap. Oh, nah. Yeah, I don't know. Um, I got him, I've, I've got him out of there since. Yeah, he's, 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 someone, he's someone that, and we're going to, again, we'll touch on this game later, but the Sheed news in terms of is he suspended or something like that, that might, yeah, that might turn up. a few hands. That would be the only scenario that I would imagine someone, I, I don't want him to be my M6. I don't want him to be my M5 and a Sheed and M4. I think that's too thin. Mm. And also, we've got good rookies in our midfield, um, highlighted by Cam McKenzie, who we'll talk about in a second. But... I think the only scenario that I see myself going with a Warpool is if she is not there for round one, um, and then I'm going with a Warpedo in that scenario. And even then, I'm tr- probably trying to look for other options, yeah. uh, just because I just don't trust it. The role looks the same as what it was last year. If we look at the CBAs, he still wasn't the highest. He was behind a Newcomb. He was behind a McKenzie, and he was close with like a Will Day at sort of that like 60% to CBAs. Avoid, to avoid a Warpool, would you go an, another... Like, would you go a um, cheap forward option into your midfield? To, I could potentially, yeah. yeah just yeah. to avoid that. Yeah, I could I could do that. There's, I think... So, for me, last year, he had 50% CBAs. Even with that, still managed to pump out a 10 in a full game. So, <laughs> I don't think the role is dramatically different. And I think this is a case of pre-season benefiting a player like that where he's obviously got a point to prove and maybe playing a little bit harder than some of those other guys out in the field. Yeah, Um, potentially there. So, and you know, we do know that Collingwood is one of the easier teams to score against in terms of midfielders. Um, Talking about rookies, Cam McKenzie looks like a jet out there. Second highest in CBAs for the Hawks. Uh, I say lock him in for round one. I think so too. And lock him into our fields. There was a few people concerned about how he, where he fits on the Hawthorne team. Turns out how he fits in there is their second highest (laughs) guy in the midfield. It's a nice fit. Yeah, it's a really nice fit. So I, I think he looks really good. He was ahead of a ward, um, which surprises me a little bit. Mm. Um, again, I don't know how much is that going to carry over into the regular season, but 73% time on ground and still managed to pump out a 92. Now, he's not going to do that every week, but I still think that he is probably one of those rookies, those three rookies that we've been talking about most of the preseason. You can lock in. Yep. 
Talk to me about Will Day, uh, Luke. He is someone that I am considering, and I think that the the cheaper defender that goes in there, sort of 50% CBAs, is someone that could potentially be a good pick for us. But what, what are yeah. your thoughts on a Will yeah, Day? Yeah, I know you've been thinking about him and, and another fellow that we'll talk about later in the podcast as well. Um, uh, it was a night game, and, and he played reasonably well as <laughs> Well, was it a was, night game? Was it? No, it was an afternoon game. I was watching it at 11 o'clock at night. Oh, yeah, you were. So, <laughs> yeah, so, Will Day shone in it the felt day. felt like a night so, game. No, yeah. so um, that, that's the thing. I think when you can, you've got a guy that's priced at that who's quite clearly part of the midfield rotation there at the Hawks, there's, there's yeah. some value to be had there. Um, so he's priced not, at like, oh, I think he's like priced at 63 or something like that. I'll have yeah, to confirm I, that. But So he's pretty cheap, 537k. But he'd still have to average like mid mid to high 80s, I you'd, think. You'd be. want it to go like 85. Yeah. So eight, uh, 80. Eight, the defenders, again, we're, we're struggling with defenders. So I think 80 is still like a pass. 85 is a good pick. But so um, if you if you couldn't probably look at me in the eye right now and say like, will they... I'm confident that Will Day is going to average 80 plus. Could I, I, I couldn't say, yep, lock it in, that's yeah. going to happen, but I, I could see a world. Yeah. Um, I could see a world where it, where it happens. I think I would project him as a high 70s player right now with the chance of it being bigger. But my concern more is the Hawthorne factor. And, and again, sorry, Deej, if you're, if you're listening. <laughs> off, but they're going to be bad. Um, and, you know, is a 50% CBA guy who's first time in the midfield. Is he going to be someone that is able to score 85-plus yeah, in a team don't. like that? And that's where I have my question marks. See, this. Is, so I'm sort of going down a different track with my defenders at the moment is I'm going with a, a, a three um, sort of premium strategy. Three-headed Elliot, monster. Elliot Yo, and then Constable and Jimby. So I, yeah. I don't really feel have the confidence to lock in a day or... Um, yeah. Hunter Clark's the guy that we'll talk about in a little bit as well. Yeah, um, but the role was a tick. Bit. Yeah, it was. So if you're on Will Day, uh, am I talking you out of it? No, no. He's someone that I, I I'd say go with your gut. If you if you if you're on Will Day and and you think he's a good pick, I'm not going to talk you out of it. I am toying with the idea myself, but I <coughs> would have to think on it a little bit more. But the role I think was a tick at this stage. Yeah. Uh, we'll touch on real quick. Fergus Green kick three goals, looks good. I think he's going to be there round one. Yep. Chuck him on your bench. Beautiful. And just a shout out. Just not not going to be selecting him, but just a shout out to my boy Dylan Moore. He's come back around. Oh, he's pulled me back in. I but had no people, CBAs. No CBAs. Yeah. I had people tagging me on Twitter saying that he's really? going off. Yeah, <laughs> so I think Bale said he, yeah, my boy's going off. So uh, <laughs> for me, it doesn't matter if he doesn't have CBAs because he, like he'll, he'll oh, he's score. a gun. He's, he's a gun. gun. He's yeah. a gun. And um, we've likened him to a fellow that we're definitely going to talk about yes. in, in a little yes. bit. But he'll. Um, He'll have those good scores playing in that high half forward role, but the problem is that he'll he'll have some tough weeks. From, as well. from a fantasy sense, he's like an Isaac Heaney, right? He's got yeah. that guy. He's going to score well. He's going to do decent, yeah. but you just can't really trust him in terms of like a week to week. And I don't see the upside there, so I'm we, not picking him. But got some good forward just, options. Just well. a shout out to him. He's a gun. Also, right. just before we move on to the next okay. game, how good was um, what the traders did? Yeah, I loved it. Hey, I loved it. Yeah, we we need more of that. I reckon. Yeah. I, I've always thought of that as like a good thing to do for fantasy basketball, fantasy yeah. footy. Because people so, were like AFL. Pe- if you're listening, and you know, maybe they are. But <laughs> <laughs> let's get them go. Pop the boys up. Let, let's make this a regular thing. I reckon. Yeah. And people were like syncing up the the traders. Audio oh, I did with that. Like, with yeah. what they were watching. Hundred percent. Muted yeah. the TV. Had the traders on. <laughs> it was uh, it was gold. So uh, nice. we're 18 minutes into this podcast, and we've only done one match. So let's keep moving on. Uh, Frio versus Port Adelaide. Now, I actually. 
didn't get much of a chance to watch this game. KO stitched me up and can't find the replay. I've only watched the KO mini on this one. But Hayden Young, quiet again. I've heard some reports that he had the good role. Took uh, 40% yeah. of the kick-ins, yeah, so it was the most kick-ins. in the team. It was spread out. There wasn't many kick-ins to be had, but yeah. we're, I know you're probably out on Hayden Young. Am nah, I right in and saying I think, that? I think, so you say like he took most of the kick-ins, but... It was 40%. It wasn't a, it wasn't a domination. No, and one. there was... So he had three kick-ins. There was another fellow that had three kick-ins, and then a couple of guys that had one kick-ins. And that, to yeah. me, I don't look at that stat and say, oh, Hayden Young took most of the kick-ins. I look at that stat and say... Hayden Young didn't. Hayden Young had four. Take, Wilson had three. Cox had yeah. two. Yeah. I look at that and think, well, Hayden Young didn't, you know, monopolize the kickings. Yeah. He didn't go yeah. down there and go, I'm the, I'm the big dog. And you know, you know who's going to do that when he comes back? <laughs> yeah, yeah, he you will. Know, Luke Ryan. Luke Ryan. So, will. Yeah. So Hayden Young is looking a bit meek to me. Okay. Yeah. It, look. Again, we talked about Dacos um, disappointing in the last game. Hayden Young also, I guess, is kind of underwhelming. I don't think you can pick him. What he had fifty five or something. I know this. I know like, it's yeah, pre-season. Don't look at the scores. Don't look at the scores. Um, like two yeah. weeks in a row, he's looked pretty meek. Fifty five. Um, had seventy eight percent time on ground. You'd expect that to be higher. Only three. Ju- only three just marks. Um, look, I still think he's a player. I think. I think I'd still rather go Hayden Young than Dacos. Um, do okay. both of them fill me with confidence? No, but I, I, I'm trying. I don't think that, that the Hayden Young thing, especially, is anything that we need to overreact to. Like, I think we know what Hayden Young is. Um, but, we, but when you pick a guy like that, you need him to become a, a top. Take another step. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So if you if you pick him and he just does what he does, you're like, well, that it's was, not the best that was pick, is it? Um, He's not yeah. a top six defender. You have to trade up. Yeah. I don't know. It's another one that I, I would say go with your gut. Um, What's I'm not. You? My gut is still saying that he's a decent pick. Like I, I'm trying not to overreact, and I still think that he's the role is going to be the same. Um, he's just he's just getting started with his AFL career. Like he's going to be playing 50 games this season. Um, so I think that the natural development will still be there. Um, the reports from prior to these preseason games were very very positive for Hayden Young and the fact that how he was looking. So for me, I'm still in on Hayden Young and he has, still has a very decent chance of making my side but I understand that it's there is risk here there is you know we haven't seen the obvious sort of step forward in terms of that breakout potential but my gut is still saying that but if your gut says something else then I'm, I'm not going to talk you out of it he's not yeah. someone I'm going to barrack so strongly that he has to be in your team so that's just the way I saw that there Let's um, look at uh, the big boy Sean Darcy. Sean so, Darcy, he looked trim, man. Yeah, from what I saw he looked uh, he looked leaner. Um, I mean, played really well. He's looked like an oak tree in previous seasons, so yeah. uh, anything would would look trim for him. But yeah, he he was covering the ground really well, and obviously no Luke Jackson no this Luke time Jackson. around. So yeah. he scored well. I think he, he tunned up, but it's one of those ones. Yep. With, with the rucks, the, the more and more I look at it, the more I I want to have a look at it. You know yeah. what I mean? So. Um, so many I question just, marks. You, I mean, you could go Sean Darcy, you could go Wits, and some people might even go Gorn. He's scored pretty well, but there's just for me, I want to see that at least the first sort of three or four rounds to just yep. see how things are affirming in actual in actual games. So, it's yep. uh, I wouldn't be going Sean Darcy, um, but again, it's it's not one that I'd be you know vehemently arguing against either. Yeah, so. I don't know if you can argue really strongly against any ruck. Really, mm. I think they're all 
you know, there's there's so many question marks in that position. Yeah, so, but just remember, when you're looking at that score, there was no Luke Jackson in that game. Yeah, I still think Sean Darcy will be decent. Uh, but yeah, just remember that no Luke Jackson in that game, and he will be there for round one. I think Connor Rosie tick is probably all tick we, tick tick. Yeah, yeah team high uh, yeah. time on ground, um, highest CBAs for Port as well. I think we had a Butters in there as well. So I think for that reason he's he's just locked in for me yep. I think he's good value um, so I like Rosie uh, Scotty Lysette so he struggled, struggled. based on his Poor scoring score. yep. he, he was up against obviously you know um, he was up against a, a big fella in, in Sean Darcy that was playing really 45 well. points so it's, it's not bad good. and we referenced on a previous uh, podcast that he comes up against Brisbane in round one who are quite restrictive. Yeah. He's had then, poor scores against them in the past. But then the thing is, if we're picking him so that we can have a look at some other Ruckman, he does then run into a reasonably good draw yes. after coming up against Brisbane. Yes. So what I saw on the weekend wasn't enough to scare me off, especially because the money that I save going to Lyset gives me the ability to do what I want elsewhere. Yep. Um, and, and I just feel as though having him there is... It, it could just be a... a um, like he doesn't increase, he doesn't decrease. It could just be a, a sort of flat line, but it buys me time to see what I really want to do there. I think. Yeah. So again, if if we if we put the score to the side as well, um, just to keep building our Scotty Life set, um, only plays sixty percent time on ground. Yeah. And the other thing I'll, I want to highlight here is that Bryn Teekle only played twenty eight percent time on ground. Wow. So he came on only in that sort of like last uh, bit of the game. Yeah. So to me, that is a clear sign that they're probably going to go into round one. And again, we can look at the teams and see what, how things line up in that round one team. But I would be shocked if T- Tickle is there with Lysette in that round one team. So in terms of role, big tick for me. He was yep. the number one guy. He was the sole ruck. It was he and Charlie Dixon. Dixon was basically doing the, the forward tap Four ruck work. Yeah. Um, and then um, Lysette was doing everything else around the ground. Yeah. So to me, okay. they're looking like they're going to go in with a sole ruck uh, player, and that is Lysette. So everything that we've sort of highlighted with Lysette in terms of why he's value and why he's a he could potentially be a decent pick still stands in my opinion. He had a poor game. Um, again, we're trying not to read too much in those preseason games and the score. The role to me was a tick. So for me, he is still an option. <clears throat> yep. Again, I'm not going to argue vehemently to go for him because, yeah. like you know, the, the options are not the best for all of them. But he is still an option for me. Um, Butters is no longer an option for me. I think you can rule uh, a line through him just because of. Uh, Mr. One Seventy Seven that we're going to talk about later, <laughs> um, but he got, also he got docked three points. Yeah, he did. He no longer that big, impressive one eighty. Um, but he six CBAs, eighty three percent time on ground, um, and just the fact that he had that, he had that knock to his AC joint. We know that Butters. The thing about him is the body. So when you've yeah. already had a few bumps and bruises in the preseason, that's that makes me a little nervous. So yeah. uh, I don't think I'm going to be going with Butters personally. Better, better options there. Um, and then Jason Horn Francis was just going to highlight. He looked like he got a lot of CBAs, but I don't know, man. He, he just he does some things, gives away lots of free kicks, just does... I don't think I can trust him in terms of a pick. And again, we've got so many forward options. And I'm going to say this a lot about some guys that did look decent on the weekend that were forwards. But there's so many good premium options that I don't think, personally, structure-wise, I would be messing around with players like Jason Horn francis in that sort of... Awkward uh, price, high risk. Yeah, so I I just don't think he's proved enough this season. And I don't know what he would have had to do to prove with the other options available. So, yeah, yeah. Definitely. Let's move on to the next one. Yeah, in the interest of time, we've got Brisbane and Geelong. This one will be pretty quick. Dunkley, lock. (laughs) Tick. Will Ashcroft, 
Lock. <laughs> okay. Geelong. Enough said. No one. Uh, yeah. Um, I mean, just, I mean, the only one in Geelong you could maybe look at is Stewart. But to me, I, I don't, I just don't trust Geelong. I don't trust their system. I don't trust no. them resting players who are over 30. Tom Stewart, over 30 rule, line through him. You, um, you've got, so people, just for, for the wider community, because there are people that are looking at, um, Tanner Bruin and, oh, um, yes. Jack Bowes as well. Well, Jack Bowes didn't play. So, and this is the thing I was about to mention is, is that while those guys look impressive when they play in a role that suits them and they play in the team, there's actually no guarantee that they, those no. guys actually play in their team week no. to week. Geelong have such a um, a great setup down there. They've got a, a you know a really consistent starting squad. That they've bought it. To be perfectly honest, they've, they've bought these guys in more. For, I would say for depth and insurance yep. than they have to become guns in their team. So yep. I'm I'll be steering well clear of any any Geelong players. Yeah, the trajectory the for Tanner Bruin as well. He did play this game, but last game I think he had seventy percent CBAs. This game is closer to forty percent CBAs and even still Cam Guthrie only played sixty seven percent time on ground and had yep. the same amount of CBAs in him. So and Dangerfield only sixty percent time on ground. So those veterans are building. They're gonna be rising as a Tanner Bruin comes down. So yeah. I don't think you can go uh, yeah. those kind of guys. So like you said, Dunkley, Ashcroft, Locke, the other guy that we're looking there for Brisbane is obviously Wilmot, so we confirmed he's probably on the looking wing. at that wing role. I think um, I think if he's there around one, I'm, I'm putting him on my bench. I think that his job security looks looks decent to yep. me. I like the fact that he's on the wing. Um, so compared to some other options, I think that he's a decent uh, bench spot that should string together a few games. So yep. uh, I, I like uh, Dusty Wilmot. McKenna looking okay, but I don't think I'm going there anymore. Um, I just think that there's too many options there on halfback for him. Um, his job security to me is is thinner than uh, a Wilmot, yeah. uh, in my opinion. So, yeah, I think that's all really we've got to learn out of that Brisbane Geelong game. One of the more less relevant games of the of the weekend. So, let's move on over to St Kilda. This game was played in a cyclone, I think. Yeah, there was lots of wind. It was yeah, uh, yeah very um, very tough conditions. But um, again, continue with our lock theme. Rowan Marshall, lock him in. Yep, um, he looks pretty good. Again, some people get worried about the scores. Again, I'm going to preach patience and scores on this one. So Jack Steele, seventy six, he scored. How close was I? Don't worry about it. Yeah, you're close. One off. Um, but don't worry about it. He was. He had the role. Nine tackles. Didn't have a single mark that game. Again, that's very tricky conditions. A lot of the midfielders struggled to mark the ball in this game. So I wouldn't be worried if you had steel in your team. I think he's he's fine. What, so let's... Th- this might be jumping the gun a little bit. So regardless of Steele's score... He's he's come out of my team, but it's less to do, and this is just yeah. interim, but it's less to do with what Steele did, and it's more to do with what Kelly, Bont and Pelly... Right, no, yeah, that's, I think so that's a different that's story. That's a discussion to have. Yeah, I think that's a different story. If it's like, a, oh, he scored 76, so I don't want to have him on my side, mm. that's, that's different to I'm saving the money and I'm using that where I think I can get these guys that maybe not quite as high but close to him. Like, that's a structure thing. Yeah. I think if the, the one I want to flag is that... Okay, I still think... like I haven't adjusted my projection on what Steele's going to do based on this game. No. I still think he's going to be maybe sort of the top one or two averaging midfielders, in my opinion. Yeah. Um, but in saying that, like you might choose to go a different direction with your structure yeah. um, in order to fix something else up. So I think that is a, a legitimate reason to take him out. Yeah, okay. But just pushing against if someone was worried about the score out there, 
Um, I wouldn't. I wouldn't be concerned. Um, yeah, yeah. I think he's still going to be fine. Now, do you want to talk about um, your boy Hunter Clark? Yeah, he's impressed um, you somewhat. He he has. He, his role looked great. Um, I know. If I look at the CBAs here, it doesn't. I don't think it does him justice. I watched a lot of this game. Actually, I think I watched the entire game, waiting for the um, the Errol Goulden show. But it was <laughs> it was um, seven CBAs out of. Um, 17, so a little bit less than 50%. But to me, when he was on there, he was always in the middle. Um, there was a, a brief stint where he played an extra in defense um, for maybe like five minutes of the game. I thought that was interesting. They um, like distinctively pushed him back. Was and, it late in the quarter? Yeah, it was late in the quarter, and it was late in the third quarter. I think they were up by a fair bit. The commentators sort of noted that they were kind of trying to... Situational. Yeah, just situational kind of thing. But to me, he impressed me. His score, again, wasn't very impressive. But I do want to highlight the fact that he had um, 24 disposals, which as a team was the um, third highest in the team. And nobody could mark the ball. I watched the first 10 minutes of the game before and nobody could mark the ball. Yeah, no, no mark. Sorry, one mark for him, one tackle. There was a lot of like near kind of, you know, those preseason like, oh, I'm going to go tackle, but I'm not really tackling. Yeah. So, for me, role to me was a big tick. I have more confidence in a player like a Hunter Clark than a Will Day just because of the team and because of. I think he just. I think I highlighted last time when we talked about Hunter Clark that he didn't look quite right. He looked a bit off the pace. He looked a lot better this this time yeah, around. It was, was getting get, getting involved um, and and just looks like he knew where to go. So for me, the role was a big tick. I, I think. The question mark is, okay, well, what does he have to score to be worthwhile? He's priced a little bit more expensive than a Will Day at 68. So he definitely does need to go the 85 plus, um, which is, I don't know, it's it's a tough ask. And you also have the injury concerns with a player like Hunter Clark. But there is, again, a world where I see him being a good pick. Um, it's definitely that world. But, but wouldn't you feel more confident with a defense that looked like that? <laughs> Oh, yeah, maybe, but, oh, you know, good. it's about the rest of the ground, and I'm determined. The rest of the ground looks good, too. Yeah, I'm the determined, to the top, I'm determined right now, and we're going to touch on this later, I'm determined to not have a forward in my midfield at the moment, assuming Sheed is there. Sheed is the linchpin for that. Lean in, mate. Um, Steering yeah, I know. I know you're, you're, you're on that bandwagon, um, and I don't think there's anything wrong with it, but just for how I like to play, I'm, I'm determined to not do that, and I think Hunter Clark is my ticket to do that. It's that yeah. price tag that unlocks... Being able to have sort of four guns in my in my midfield, yeah. so I'm interested. Again, a lot of people might disagree. I had a few people saying to me, "Like, good luck." He's had his look at his score and that sort of stuff. Fair enough. All right, yeah. I would say you know you're not looking at score, you're looking at role. And to me, the role was a tick. So again, is is a is a pick that I think could be worthwhile. But again, go with your gut on that one. So in terms of not looking at score, we'll segue to Mason Wood. He 137. Went, he went huge, but. Um, just it's one of those ones that you'll it's see in the out of the box. It's out of the box. We weren't if, considering him exactly. If you weren't considering him, if there wasn't much talk about him, and then he pops out at one thirty-seven, and you jump on, there's just every chance that that yeah. goes tits up. So yeah, that's a Jordan I, Clark right there. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so I'd be steering clear of that one. Yeah. Um, we've got a note here. Marcus Windhager uh, broke his hand. Yes. Which, um, the, he, he was might... getting CBAs before the injury, and yeah. then after that, um, is it Bytel came in there? So. 
Looks like he might play round one. They, they said that they expect him to be there for round one. It's sort of like that. I think a similar sort of thing to like a Clayton Oliver last year. He missed one round, came back the week after. So we've got that round next week. There's no games, obviously. So yeah, gives him a chance. Uh, might be touch and go for round one, but won't miss much time. But again, if he isn't there for round one, that has a flow-on effect as a tagger, tagger yeah. for um, Andrew Brayshaw, I think, who's coming up to him in round one. So yeah. Keep an eye out for that one. But I think for me, the midfield rotation was uh, very clearly Steele and Crouch. And then Windhager and Clark were the next two guys. And a player like... um, Who was the other guy that I was thinking of? The other guy in St. Kilda. Fuck. Uh, Jay Gresham. He looks like he'd gone very clearly to the forward line. And I think that might be their answer to sort of a few of their forward guys going down. So for me... Those guys get, get, look like they were getting a bump in yeah. CBAs. I don't know if Bytel's going to be there round one if Winhager is uh, is healthy. But did you just drop the F bomb? No, I don't think so. Did I? I think you dropped the F. Oh, okay. Have well, we dropped the F bomb? No, I don't think so. I have, have to listen to that back. That was very casual. To get a little bleep sound effect. <laughs> That's all right. Yeah. Whoa. All right. My bad, guys. This is full on. Sorry, kids. <laughs> it's it's seven thirty, and Mitch has dropped an F bomb. Um, um, let's talk bomber boys. So really yeah. quickly, uh, Parish was to be honest. Uh, pretty stinky. He did have low time on ground. He wasn't a guy that uh, myself or Mitch uh, were really looking at, but yeah. I know there are some people out there looking at him as a value sort of midfield option. Um, we don't look at scores. I, I get that. Um, but there's there's just... Before that score, there's something about Parrish that kind of worries me. I, I yeah. see him as a bit of a fair-weather sailor in a lot of respects. Yeah, um, there was a lot of... There's a lot, again, it's tough because we were talking about not being able to get marks, but there was a lot of marks going on in the defensive line for the Bombers. So well, yeah, we Ridley had 12, McGray had 10. Uh, what did I say? McGrath. McGray. McGray. <laughs> Jesus. Have they, oh, have they anyway. recruited a new defender? It's too early for this, mate. It's 7.53. <laughs> Give me a break. Drop another uh, F-bomb. <laughs> Jesus. Uh, yeah, Zerk Thatcher had nine marks. Um, Kelly had nine marks. So, look, I, I don't expect that to be there uh, every every game. So, I think that, that again, it's another out-of-the-box score. I'm not super... I, I, it doesn't sway me. No, yeah. no, I agree with that. I agree with that. Did we talk about Jai Caldwell? He's um, looks like he's gone down with an injury. They haven't specified. I haven't heard what it is, but it, he had to be carried off. Yeah, um, so didn't look too good. Um, but again, another tagger going down. Goodness and, me, uh, what's yeah, that so not a good day to be a tagger in this game. But no. uh, we'll touch on again. This the last player on this game, Darcy Parish. Um, Pretty pretty bad. <laughs> Thirty nine yeah. points. We say don't look at scores, but I know I briefly mentioned it just before. But is it just like I said? It, even before that, a little bit of a fair weather sailor, in my opinion. Yeah. Sorry, Darcy, but I think so. Um, it's just not a guy that I was really looking at. But yeah, there were some people out there that were. Yeah, I think again we touched on a couple of guys that have elevated. Yeah, in like a jelly and yes. a bond. I think it's very similar price. It's easy enough for me to swap over to one oh, of those yeah. two. Very yeah. very comfortable. Wasn't um, um, Dossy? Big on the parish train. Yeah, I think so. Point. That could be the start of the curse there. <laughs> I think yeah. uh, his other boy, LDU, had a poor score as well. So, I don't know. Oh, it's his, LDU's his boy now, is it? Yeah, it's well, not, those not two... Boy. Those, oh, yeah, he's my boy still too, but those two are featured on the song and uh, oh, we do song. know how players go the with the song. Uh, well done, Dossie, on the song. Very yeah, good. well done. Very but good. yeah, the curse, <laughs> I'm worried about it. I don't know. <laughs> but uh, I think, uh, yeah, we were never really big on parish ourselves. So Support for this podcast and the following message come from Coriant. 
Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of planning, investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com. Prescription products require completion of an online medication consultation with an independent healthcare provider through the LifeMD platform and are only available if prescribed. Subscription required. Individual results may vary. Additional restrictions apply at LifeMD.com. Read all warnings before using GLP-1s. Side effects may include a risk of thyroid C-cell tumors. Do not use GLP-1s if you or your family have a history of thyroid cancer. If you've struggled for years to lose weight and have given up hope, did you know you can now access GLP-1 prescription medications through LifeMD? LifeMD is now offering eligible patients online access to GLP-1s, the breakthrough prescription medication that can help you lose body fat and weight. Listen to what people are saying. Probably the easiest thing I've ever done. The medication comes in the mail and it's very easy to use. I've been able to live my normal lifestyle and I've lost 20 pounds already and I've never felt better. It changed my life. And here's the best part. Your insurance may cover 100% of the cost of your medication. So go to TryLifeMD.com to have your eligibility checked right now. Get started today at TryLifeMD.com. That's T-R-Y-L-I-F-E-M-D.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Should we talk Sydney Carlton? Yeah. Uh, actually, maybe we shouldn't. Did you see the... the oh, yeah. Maybe we, shouldn't, on, we shouldn't talk about this the one. The play on Twitter, there was yeah. somebody that was very angry. Yeah. Yeah. Keep this one quiet. <laughs> but, you know... We'll just say that there was a player, uh, an unnamed player, that scored 177, had 45 touches, three goals, six marks, and five tackles. Keep that, keep that on the down low if you yeah, can. Yeah. Um, look, I don't want to say I told you so, but uh, we did tell you guys, and uh, people called us reactionary, and we were pumping them up too much. We got too excited. Look, no, but all, in all fairness, we, we said we don't look at scores. And that goes for the positive as well as the negative. Yeah, but in this case, we're not looking at scores. And last week when we were talking about Errol Goulden... There was Ke- no scores. Yeah, and that's it. So what we were looking at is role, which role. is what you should be looking at. So last week when we were talking up Errol Goulden, it was all about the fact that he had 70% CBAs and coming off the previous year where he averaged about 10% CBAs, that's a significant... Like, that's a drastic change and that's not a change that happens by accident yep. in a practice game. So there was a very clear call it strategy, call it move, where yeah. the Sydney coaching staff said, we want to get this guy in the midfield. So when we were big on it last week, it wasn't to do with score or anything like yeah. that. It was just it's to do with the, the data that we were looking at. We saw the same 70% CBAs, and this week we saw yeah. the big score. So, um, you know, it's it's one of those things it, when you're looking at a guy's role and you think that maybe other people won't be looking, you hope that they yeah. don't 
jump out of the box yeah. like that yeah, so we can be a right. point of difference. Yeah. But, you know, it, it's great Feral Gould and, and it's great that we've got another forward option, I guess. So. Yeah, yeah. I think I think you've got to have him. I think I think you have to have him. He's he's someone that priced at 83, 95. Do you reckon he could do 95? I oh, think he I could easily do 95. If he's playing 70% CBAs, he'll do 105. And, and, and I just want to, I just want to like make it clear. I don't think he's going to do 70% CBAs. Like, Mills didn't play <laughs> this game. Um, we haven't had... Uh, Who's that other guy that didn't play last week and didn't play this week? Uh, Papley. Papley yeah. didn't play either game. So, look, he's not going to get 70, 70% CBS. So, so let's however, say he does 50% CBS. But, yeah, it, he looked amazing in the in the role. Um, like, you, you can't have 45 touches in a preseason game goals. and go, you know what, no, go back to the forward pocket and just sort of sit there. He's he's going to get midfield clock. And to me, he, he looks like a gun. He's improved every year on his career so far in his first two seasons. He's ticking all the markers for a breakout. To me, this is a genuine breakout. This is not an out-of-the-box score yeah. like a Jaden Short who did it in the same role that we've seen him do it before. It's come with a role change. He's in a good side. He's, yeah. he, he's a young player. I think tick, tick, tick. Yeah. Um, even if he disappoints and goes 90 He's very close to the top six well, forwards. Well, that's it. He benefit, I was going to say he and benefits from the line that he's on. So exactly. If, so if he does 95, he's in the top six forwards. And, and that's, to, for me, that's that's the low end of the prediction if he's playing 50, 60% yeah. CBAs. 95 is the low end of the prediction. Um, it was just awesome to watch. Like I, um, I came home late <laughs> on Friday night, yeah. um, probably midway through the third quarter, and I hadn't checked the stats or anything. And I, I came in the door and... And Mitch was having an out-of-body experience. I was on the levitating. Couch. I think Le- Ellie, my, my girlfriend, was saying and Mitch, describing well, me. Ellie, as- Ellie had to leave and come next door to my place. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. you were just like, yeah, yeah crazy. Yeah. I was, uh, I was going off. I was on Twitter going crazy. You know, it, it was, it was, a, it was a cracking game. And he, he looks like a gun. Like the way he was running, man. Like I know it's a preseason. A lot of the other guys probably weren't running quite as hard as he was. He was thirsty. Like he, he had, he had <laughs> observable thirst there, and uh, clearly to me, wants to be in the CBAs and went out and played like that. Yeah. Um, look, he'll have some stints on the forward line and on the wing. I think they've also highlighted in a, in a couple of quotes since that game. But uh, I would be shocked if he's not at least 40 to 50% CBAs. And yeah. to me, that is enough to have him in your side as a, uh, as a breakout option. Definitely. Let's um, quickly talk about a couple of other people in this game. Otherwise, we're going to go for three hours. Yeah. Uh, Matty Roberts, I just want to highlight as a 200k mid. Looked okay, although I think it might be tough to get into that game, uh, that, that team, sorry, with Mills and Papley returning. Yeah. I think he is kind of a player that is a, probably a risk at being a sub. Yeah. Um, so he might be named round one. I don't think I want to go there just at this point, but he no. did look okay. Um, but outside of that, for the Sydney team, there's not a whole lot that I'm going to take out. If you're on Chad Warner, look, he did okay. He has 17 CBAs, one less than Errol Goulden. Uh, nothing really to dissuade you. I'm just not keen on players with that pr- kind of price tag. Yeah. Uh, Doc uh, Doc did his thing. I think he got, went 130 or 140, didn't he, in the end? He Doc. did. He had a big score. So yeah. I, I, he's still in my team. I, you've played around with scenarios where he's not in your team, and I... I I just don't, don't think I'm going to go there. Um, yeah, I just which, think the price tag is, is... The price tag's huge, but if he start, if he's pumping out 120s, 140s week to week, it could get pretty dire pretty quick in terms yeah. of trying to get him in. Yeah, it could. Look, I don't know. Again, it's it's a thing that, like, another thing I saw from Doherty is something that I haven't seen before. Like, I don't... Like, the 143 is great, but he's, again, played the same role that we sort of expected him to. Yeah. So, we, we know what Doc can do, and he's a gun, and, and yep. like, that's not news. Um, he had some CBAs, but... 
you know, he was definitely sort of low in that list. He had less CBAs than Paddy Dale. I think that summarizes sort of <laughs> what he's going to be doing. I think he's he's half back predominantly, where he might go into the center, you know, a little bit from time yeah. to time. But I think he's predominantly half half back, which I think is a good thing, just in terms of certainty of what he can produce. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I don't know. Nah. Just when I'm constructing my side, the, the price still gets me. So All I right. might go there. I might not. But I don't really? think anything's changed for me with Doc. I'll leave it with you. Chera was behind uh, Hewitt and, and Kennedy in terms of CBAs. There's we were, a few people looking at that. but We, we were looking at There was no Paddy Cripps. So if he was ever going to sort of jump up there, this was the that game. Was chance, yeah. Didn't really jump out to me. So again, um, I'm, I'm probably not going there. Time. Some people are looking at that kind of a, a price tag again with, you know, maybe off Tom Mitchell with there. But for me personally, I'm not doing it. But it, uh, there is a world where I see him being a decent pick. Yep. And the two, the two rookies for the Blue Boys, the uh, Lockie Cowan and uh, our boy Chibata. Uh, the bread. <laughs> the bread himself. Uh, chin cotter for anyone playing along. Um, they look they pretty Chibata good. Is Chibata a bread or have I made that up? No, it is a bread. It is a bread. Yeah, what kind of bread, bread is it? Uh, it's, I don't know. It's, it's classic avo, avo on toast oh, kind, of, kind, of bread. kind of bread. Yeah, yeah, yeah I've yeah. just confirmed. It's that, like, yeah, it's yeah. that one that you need a chainsaw to cut through. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it is, isn't that it? That is that one. Get me a steak knife with me chibata, please. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so maybe maybe Chincotta's, he's that hard type, you know, he's, he oh, goes in there. Yeah. Oh, you're drawing a link yeah. with the bread. I like That's that. That's right. <laughs> link with the bread. Um, but I think I think it's probably likely that one of these guys is there for round one. Yeah, yeah. Um, no, maybe, I don't know, maybe one might be the sub. There's a little bit of concern there. I think Chincotta just being the 200k player, I'm I'm rooting for him to get there and for yeah, him to yeah. be a bench option for us. So, a bit cooler on Lockie Cowan than I was maybe a few weeks ago before seeing him play. They both had sort of flashes. Yeah. I think Chincotta had like this particular run where he's sort of the run and carry looked really good, really composed, lots of um, you know, uh, getting up the field through hands. Um, so that looked good, but again, flashes not you know, you know, he's a young player. Yeah, so, of course. Um, although I think Chincotta is a mature body. So I'd probably give him the nod at the moment over uh, a Cowan. But again, we're sort of just going to be left up to the selection table come round one. So okay. I think both of them are probably more bench options. Let's move on to the next one. Eagles and Radelaide. Dom Sheed. With the swinging arm. Yeah. So off the top rope. You, you reckon that's a week, right? Uh, I don't like the action. Yeah. And I don't, well, I don't think the AFL will like the action. It's just got to do with I don't think there was a, a head injury assessment. No, there wasn't. The, there wasn't a concussion or anything like that. No. And, and the AFL's very much. Oh, they're, it's it's the result, right? Yeah, it seems to be. But I, I just the action didn't look good. Yeah. I, I mean, it didn't. I reckon to it's me. It I reckon it's like, a fine. Let's hope it's a fine. I mean, I'm yeah. hoping it's a fine, but. It just that it didn't look like a tackle either. It was just very swinging arm. So, yeah. but we'll we won't discuss that too much because yeah, you know time we, and we don't know. We yeah. don't know. But so so if he is in net round, uh, round one, he's in your side. Uh, yeah, at this stage, yeah, I, I think he's in my side. He ticked all the boxes that I need him to tick. So if he's yeah. there, he's he's in my side. I know some yeah. people maybe were not keen on his score and then have have maybe fewer CBAs than we would have liked. But I, I think he's he's fine. I I'm think he he and Yo um they looked good. Oh, in Yo, role. Yo, in. Yo really is that guy that's kind of being the linchpin for a lot of defense. Um, Defenses at the moment. Um, oh, in so. saying that though, Sheed had the second highest CBAs of the team. So yeah, um, yeah. Yeah, but I think Yo just looks great. It's the line with Yo. He's yeah. in he's in defence and he's just a guy we need to be there. Yeah. So don't please don't do anything between now and then, Elliot Yo, to to not be there round one because we yeah. need you there. Um, Jimby Locke is a defender. We don't really need to talk about. Yeah, that. he looked good. Um, 
Yeah, fifty-six percent time on ground. Just and, a big, a big body. And he nah. scored sixty-eight with fifty-six percent time on ground. Like that is that's he, great. He looks like a, a twenty-six-year-old, doesn't he? He does. He yeah. looks very much uh, beyond his years. So yeah. lock him in the and put him on your truck. ground. Campbell yeah. Chesser underwhelming with his score. So thirty-five nine disposals. But if he's named, um, you're still putting him on your bench. I still you? think he's, he's he's a guy, but I yeah again. Bench for yeah. me, I think he's yeah. a bench, and I think there's a scenario where you're going to have one of these like mid defenders on your midfield bench, yeah, because not a lot of midfielders putting their hands up at 200k. But yeah. for him, I don't think I'd be comfortable putting one on my ground because I know yeah. some people have flirted that out there, yeah. Um, Rory, on the Adelaide Rory, side, Roy Laird, yeah, he's still a gun, <laughs> he's still a gun. Um, I know, uh, I know your old man was, um, oh, was, was, was getting about, pretty excited about him. I was just him. about to say that the group chat we're in with, with, um, yeah, mild man. He he doesn't shut up about that. <laughs> he loved Christ. him. Yeah, he's, so he's hot on him. So he might be starting with the million dollar man. Yeah, look, there is a world where he could go go big, and he's actually lowly owned. So it kind of makes it a little bit tempting. You've got a, a unique yeah. <laughs> hundred and twenty averaging player. I'm telling you, but, um, if, but I'm not paying that much. If my dad switches from super coach to fantasy and then beats us in the <laughs> oh, first no, season. Oh, no, that's not happening. Surely no, not. We're not talking to him. No, 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 no. Even if he wins the Lux, he's not coming on this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> we refuse to interview the winner. <laughs> yeah, no. Sorry, mate. Uh, but let's move on. Uh, so he, he looks good. Dawson yep. looks good. Had the most kick-ins of the team. So I think I'm not so worried about the wing role, which maybe we were yeah. hearing a little bit of that one. I... He's, the, he's snuck into the Ox songs, man. Has he? He's, yeah. he's coming into contention for, for Mitchman as well. Mate, um, I looked up. Oh, hang on. Dawson's in. Yeah, Dawson's hold in with on. The boys. What's going on? Yeah. Who, who did that? Yeah, so. uh, yeah just, just looks really solid. Captain of the club. Mm. When there's not a lot of value around there, you know, maybe you just look for a guy that um, you're certain on his role um, and, mm. and can have a ceiling type score every once in a while. So I think he's a value, uh, not a value, but a. Uh, you know, a legit option that you could you could pick with. So yeah. he looked good. Sam Berry. Um, a lot of people were getting very excited about his game last week. I'm not so keen. Very excited. I'm not very excited. Um, <laughs> some low hanging fruit there. there. Ah! <laughs> this time I got it. This it went time straight yeah. over my head last time. <laughs> uh, but Sam Berry, yeah, three marks is what I want to highlight. Look, it's not horrible, but. That was sort of what I was saying in terms of when we were talking about the AFL Fantasy Fanatics uh, podcast. Look, he he needs to be that guy that accumulates on the outside, and yeah. I just don't see that happening with a player like that. And again, just that awkward price tag for me. So, yep. if you're keen on him, he probably didn't dissuade you from going there, but for me personally, not not too keen. Let's talk about the Giants and Suns. Saturday games. Saturday games. All right. Who are we going to start off? We start off with... The police officer. The police officer. Looks good. Roll looks good. Got yeah. kick-ins still. Yeah. Scored well. Some people were saying that his use of the ball was pretty average, but I think that the comments, again, come from the, the coach as well, are positive. So, for me, he is very yeah. probable to be in my side. For me, he's a guy that you're probably looking to trade round five, four, six. And yeah. Then, yeah, maybe if you yep. get to round it five, six. might be your first six, upgrade. Um, that's, that's him, uh, yep. especially if he's, you know, looking... Uh, like he's hungry for kickouts and and he's just kind of filling that role before some of those uh, Gold Coast defenders come back in. I think he's definitely firmed as my uh, D five. Yeah, this stage. I think I think that's the way I'm heading too because of those like rookies that are maybe a little bit more questionable in terms of having on your field in terms yeah. of like your your Wilmots, your, your Chesses, your Cowens. Like I don't feel comfortable with those guys on my field, so I want Constable to be there at D five and, yeah. and Jinby at my D six. So yeah. I think that's a big tick. And the guy that I'm most excited to talk about in this game 
game. So for the Suns, I don't really... Is there anyone else that we really want to talk about there? Nah, um, not for I, me. I don't think so. Sam Flanders, shout out to you, 102 points, but um, <laughs> I'm not going there. Um, but yeah, anyway, in terms of the, the Giants... I've been telling you, mate. Josh Kelly, your boy. I've been telling you Highest about Josh Kelly. CBAs and in the team. We were, we were... Was this game we were watching together? No, this is... No, we were watching no. the Doggies game, but... Yeah. Um, even as we were watching the doggies game, Mitch was kind of. Oh, I told him Kelly played well. Kelly played well. Yeah. Kelly played well. And until he saw that CBA number, I saw he wasn't that CBA convinced. numbers, and I've gone. Hold on, Josh Kelly could he be seventy percent CBA? That's what we wanted to like see, mate. And and um and we had the the report from the traders podcast. Um, uh, you know, legit reporter. So I, I I know what he probably saw was legit, but. Look, they had a tight midfield run. It was Kelly, it was Perryman, it was Tom Green, it was Cogs. Yeah. And, you know, O'Halloran went in there a little bit, but I think that was more sort of end of the game there. Um, Experimenting, Ward had one CBA. But it looks like those four guys were the mainstays in there. Yeah. And what have we said all preseason? If Kelly if is he an gets inside CBAs, midfielder, he's a he could be a one ten, one fifteen guy. So, yeah. like I I think he's a very genuine option. And I think there's there's probably four midfielders vying for three spots in my side and Josh Kelly is one of those guys. Yeah. So it's you know it's the steel, Bont, Bailey Smith, Josh Kelly. Yeah. Those are the four guys. I think I can only fit three of them. Yeah. And it's just a decision for me on where I need to go. But Josh Kelly definitely someone that I think if you mm. weren't considering him Maybe just have a look, yeah, and uh, and have a have a look. I think he, he looks really good there. And um, some people are saying that he's going to benefit from having that sort of faster pace game style and being able to find a bit more space. So yeah. uh, I, I agree with that. The other uh, G-diverse midfielder that a few people have been, well, there's a couple of others, but one of the other ones that people have been looking at is Very Tom, popular. Tom Green. So he had the, the big 55 touches last week, which gets everyone's attention. And I He's think over 20% he, owned in, in fantasy. Yeah, which surprises me. He, he played... Um, he played well on the weekend, so I think he had a respectable 90, or did he ton up? Uh, I'll have a look at his Something score. They're 95, so yeah, 94 95. touches. So the thing the thing with Tom Green that just, I guess it like irks me a little bit, is that he, for me, his ceiling is not up there, is not going to be up there with the top eight midfielders consistently until he adds the marks to his game. Zero so marks in that game. This, this is the thing. He's a contested bull. He's a clearance beast. He can tackle. He's all of those things. But you think about all of those guys that, that elevate themselves to that upper echelon of fantasy. They pair the tackles with four or five marks a yeah. game. Um, it's, you know, think about a guy like Rory Led. Yes, he tackles insane, but he pops out for a he few does. marks. Yeah, think about a guy same. like Steele, same yeah. thing. So for me, Tom Green is, is a guy that... Um, don't get me wrong. I can see a world where you pick him and he's a great pick and he, he does really well. He breaks, you know, he breaks out. But I just feel like until he put, adds those marks to his game, yeah. um, he's not going to elevate himself into that top sort of. Yeah, yeah. I I am determined to not go a player like that kind of a price tag. So your Chad Warner's, your Adam Cheras, your Tom Greens. Um, I just I just don't love that type of player where you're expecting that breakout that we haven't seen. The cheapest kind of guy that I want in my sort of M4 range is like an LDU. Um, So he's sort of 40k. He's a little bit more than those guys but again, for for a player like that compared to a Tom Green, and I know we're skipping ahead here, LDU has done it before in that post-buy run. He went 105 so I've got a decent sample size in there and um, 
And so to me, that's 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 the kind of type of pick that I like to do as a breakout. It's like yeah. a semi breakout. Like we've yeah. already seen it a little bit. Whereas for Tom Green, I haven't seen it for long enough for me to go, yep, he's going to be that. Because you need him to go 100. You'd probably rather him go 105. Because even if he goes 100, you're still like that step away. You're still sort of maybe 8 to 10 points away from the top yeah. 8 mid. So it's that awkward kind of a price. And even getting to 100, I think, is questionable for a player like that. Yeah. Um, and again, like you sort of said, you need him to be getting outside ball. And when you have zero marks in a game like this where you've won 122 to 77, that to me is, that's a cross for me. So I know a lot of people are keen on him and may have different opinions. So let us know in the comments on YouTube if you have a different opinion. But for me, it's a, it's a line through Tom Green for me. I'm not really considering him, but yeah, 22% owned in AFL fantasy. So he's, he's very, very popular. Um, But personally for me, I'm, I'm not, I'm not so keen. Another fellow that's popular at GWS is Stephen Canelio. Um, there was nothing about what Canelio did on the weekend that um, that he had the role. He had the role, so he had sixty percent CBAs. Didn't suggest to me that he's going to be doing anything other than what we expect him to be doing, yep. which is uh, playing in the midfield. He is, however, of those value forward options. I believe he is the most expensive is, of yeah. those. He's the second most expensive behind Dunkley. And for me, if I look at if I look at all of those options, the guys I'm referring to are, are Coles, Taranto, um, Rosie. Uh, Goulden now, yeah. um, but as was one that people were talking about. But if yeah. I look at if I look at all those guys over the weekend, um, the ones that I'm most confident on are Taranto, Rosie, and Goulden now, yeah. and they're all cheaper than they're all Cogs. cheaper. Yeah. So Cogs, Cogs will. Uh, I'll say this with with confidence: he'll be a top six. Yeah, uh, forward I think so too. At the end of the year, and and he'll be in my team at some point. I would hope. Yeah. Um, but I, I'm probably not going to be starting with him. Little, no, he little... hasn't spent any time in my team. Not because I don't think he's like a good player, but again, like you said, there's just cheaper options that I think are comparable. Like yep. you might as well save the money and get someone that could do pretty much similar to what he can average. Yep. Um, I don't know if you can go. I mean, if you could go five and have one in your midfield. I'm not leading that way. I'm looking at going four of those. Premium forwards, yeah, you and still of got to those, get Dunkley, don't you? Yeah, so. so Dunkley's there, and of those sort of five, I think Cogs is the first to go for me. Yeah, um, so some people might differ in terms of their opinion in that, but for me, it's just a price thing. You know, you're going to get a similar output at a more expensive guy, so just save a bit of money and and go somewhere else. Is my opinion. So I agree with you there. Um, who else have we got? So Whitfield and Isaac Cumming playing off half back. Uh, Whitfield looked pretty bloody good. To, um, to, to start, start with, with yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I didn't watch this game in its entirety, so I don't know whether they maybe they took him off. What was his time on ground? If you uh, check that for I me. can but double check. He that. did. He, he dominated to start 81%, with. Eighty-one percent. So he was yeah, okay. So he was there. So yeah, I think I think you know from memory he was mid forties there. He's going to get defender status. Let's yeah. just lock that in. So that that begs the question. It's like, what was that meme you showed me? That was good. That where oh, it was that, oh, it was that someone had never again written on their forearm, and then they just crossed out never. So it's just again. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that was their notes. Yeah. Their preseason yeah. notes. Let's go again. Um, <laughs> Lucky Whitfield. Oh, so man, he's that kind of guy that tempts you. In. There's no way that you're picking him to start the season. So he's just for context. I, I don't he's just so. a midfielder. I, I think that there's too many other good options in the midfield, and yeah. the, and if you're trying to get a forward in the mids as well, um, look, I just think there's there's just other better yeah. options. So, so the good the good thing about that six. that's it the good thing about that is that you get to look at six rounds before yeah. you even really get a chance to pick him. But the bad thing about that is that if he is dominating and he's averaging one hundred and five, his price has gone up. You got to pick him as a premium. But at least you then get certainty that yeah. he's playing the role that yeah. and that the game style is suiting his yeah. scoring. So yeah. it's just a wait for him, isn't it? Yeah, I think so. I think you just wait for him. He's what super about? unique, so he's also super risky as yeah. well. So what about um? 
coming for you. I'm interested to get your thoughts because I know there was just a, a really brief moment there where you signed up for the, the preseason guide for Marrero's yeah, Magic. Uh, and Selby's you... pretty keen on him. I, I yeah. highlighted him as well in our preseason undervalued uh, defenders <laughs> thing that I like him. And um, to me, though, just with Whitfield moving back into that half-back line, it's not what I think is going to help an Isaac coming. Yep. I think if he, if, you know, Whitfield was more on the wing still and coming had sort of that monopoly on the kick-ins, like Whitfield had a few kick-ins as well, which mm-hmm. I think mm-hmm. he doesn't actually have a lot of history of doing kick-ins in the past as which well. Which is surprising because so he's an elite it, kick. It, it is surprising. So for me, a coming, he scored great and looked good out there, but just I would want him to be the guy off half-back and I think he and Whitfield will sort of take turns sort of uh, in that role. So there's not enough upside for me to go with a player like that. Uh, but he did look good and if you maybe wanted to go him instead of like a Dacos or a Young, I wouldn't strongly talk you out of it. Mm-hmm. Um, I think he he could potentially be a guy that, you know, gets close to that 100 averaging player, but... He's a bit more expensive as well. He's a little I bit just, more expensive than those guys. Super unique, so it's a risky play. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's just it's just the fact that Whitfield is there as well um, yeah. just makes me a little bit cautious. So, um, yeah, the score was decent, but again, we're trying not to look too much at score. Um, but he had one kick in. There was a lot of guys that had. Oh, actually, there wasn't many kick ins at all in this game. <laughs> there was. Yeah, not many I mean, it was scored. it was an impressive showing. I think he had a hundred by three quarter time. So yeah. it's in terms of score, it's impressive. But like you said, we we try not to be sucked in as yeah. much as we can. Should we yeah. talk about the game that we got to watch together on, on Saturday? Yeah, yes, Bulldogs versus North Melbourne. Now, a few people did. I've, I've got a few texts from people saying, Bailey Smith, full forward. And, of course, mm. he's been our boy all preseason. Well, he started, he started in the forward line, but we, we sort of surmised that that I was just the start just, of the rotation. Yeah, the word full forward versus <laughs> starting in the forward line. I don't know. They're just like... That brings more fear into it. Like if you start in the goal square, what's happening? Oh my god, full forward, not just I mean, in the I'd, forward line. I'd start Bond from full forward if he's playing forward. Yeah, but I'd, I'd clear it out. I'll but to clear it up, like yeah. it, it, that was just the start of his rotation. Yeah, he, it looked that way, didn't it? it he just... he was in the mids. Um, yeah. I think the rotation was very similar to how we saw it last year. Yeah. He ended up with sixty percent CBAs, which I do want to highlight is more than what he had oh, last year. Definitely, definitely, and you and to, just like for. for, for for footy context, when you're a midfielder and you're doing a, a, a bench forward mid rotation, you might be in a you'd be in a, um, a group of three, and yeah. obviously you've got you one guys are on, rotating yeah, you're around. rotating around. So someone has to start in the forward line. It seems yeah. as though it was Bailey Smith. The thing I think that um, were, was sort of getting people to notice was that you came halfway through that first quarter, and I think he'd scored nothing. Yeah, I think he was. So zero, yeah. I think people were kind of going then, but then as you watch from there, he just went to work. Oh, he went, was, to, he went to town. So yeah. I am still 100% on Bailey Smith there. Yeah. Um, like we sort of said, the upside for a Smith and Bontempelli is there for the CBAs, and we see that play out in this game. So um, 25 CBAs for Bont, 24 for Bailey Smith, 23 for McRae. Um, yeah. All quite high, but McRae... Basically the same role as what he did last year. If we were to take this game and extrapolate it throughout the entire season, that's your 60 to 65% CBAs for McRae, which is basically what he did last year. So that's why I had the pushback on McRae not having the upside that others might think he has. He scored 121 in this game. Um, you know, those open preseason games suit the outside types like McRae. Yeah. But to me, the value and the upside is Inno Bont and Inno Bailey Smith, who were 50% CBA guys last year yeah. and have the potential to add another 10, 15% on top of that. So The only argument I can see for McRae that... Um, even though he maintains his 60% CBAs that he still increases is 
Last year, it seemed as though he was going for his 60% CBAs, but then he was doing all his other stuff on the wing. Mm-hmm. Whereas I see him as actually a guy that can score a little bit better in that high half high forward half role. Forward, yeah. Because he's so hungry, he comes up to the stoppage and he basically plays as a midfielder. So yeah. there, I can see a little bit of upside for McRae, but I agree with you. I'd be more confident picking a, a Bont or a, a Smith for yeah. their upside. Yeah, I could also say the same argument for a Bailey Smith as well. I don't think any of those guys spent much time on the wing um, from what I could see. Mm. I think um, the only thing that maybe is a little bit different is that Trelaw was in there. He was not in there um, last season. He was clearly that sort of last guy, that fifth guy yeah. uh, behind. Um, I think you know Libba was the guy that was in there the majority of the time. He Towards sort of was the end of the season. Yeah, he was sort of and and in this preseason game, he yeah. was the oh, guy sorry. that was yeah. only midfield. Yeah. Whereas sort of Bont, Bailey Smith, and um, McRae had that sort of forward bench mid rotation, yeah. and then Trelaw was sort of that last guy that uh, maybe is a step behind some of those other players. So for me, and all the guys that I've been keeping on um, big ticks for, for a lot of those guys so no concern if I, if you were hot on them and you were on the Bailey Smith train with us um, stay on guys stay yeah, on don't, gonna, don't get off don't, don't get off um, English the big Ruckman looked good I'll tell you what he's moving moving around pretty well um, he you know they use him a lot on the kick-ins and, and um, you know yeah. through the passage of play general play so I think from a health point of view that's a big tick. He was the highest CBA player on the ground. Obviously, pure Ruckman. No one's really splitting that time with him. So yeah. it's just good. a structure thing for me. Exactly. That's what I was going to say. If someone said, oh, I'm starting English and Marshall, um, yeah, no problems there. Not going to talk you out of it. Mm. But um, it's, yeah, the cash that you can get from going down to Lysette can really... Um, yeah, help you to do what you want to do. Yeah, so again, that's just a, that's me. a that's a preference thing, and, and how you want to construct your team. I think that you, you, you're going to have to sort of answer that for yourselves and what you what you want to do. But he he did look really good and and sort of uh, fermented me or cemented me. Fermented. <laughs> Jeez, what? I'll tell you what, <laughs> we, we're going to stop recording this early. I reckon. <laughs> fermented. Uh, like, fermented. Is that like a wine? Yeah, Fem- like yeah, you know when you. You ferment a beer or something like that. Oh, anyway, beer. Uh, but yeah, he cemented his spot as sort of that R1, R2 sort of uh, <laughs> draft rankings guy for me. Uh, let's go over to the Bulldogs and get far away from that comment. See who else is fermenting, Mitch. <laughs> Jesus. I'll tell you what, we've got to get off his morning podcast. Um, I want to talk about LDU because he's the guy that in my midfield, I am so confident that of all my midfielder guys, outside of like Yashid and your rookies, he is the lock of my midfield at the moment. He's just that perfect value option for me. That yep. guy price at 93, I think he can go 105. Some people are scared by the score. Um, well, that's good for you if they jump off. If they jump off, see you guys more for me. Um, LDU, 69 points, but the one thing I want to highlight, had the highest um, CBAs for the team yep. of the entire game, actually. 34 out of the 39 CBAs, so that's a huge mm. CBA mm. tick. And played 90% time on ground as well, so looks fit. Um, playing high time on ground, playing high CBAs, tick, 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 value, Get him into my side. Um, so that 69, yep. hopefully a lot of people jump off and he's more unique for us uh, us owners. But yeah, big tick for me. Yep, no arguments from me, mate. Uh, Sheasel. Lock. Lock him in. Enough said. Uh, yep. Will Phillips. It was good to me to see Phillips still get a lot of CBAs with Cunnington and Simpkin back into the yeah. side. I think that's that's worthy, worthy of noting. Um, had... 
what do you have, 24 CBAs? So, yeah, that's Great. 60% sort of time. I think we're definitely so feeling more confident with those those three in, rookies in. that were running on field in the midfield. Most teams have got Ashcroft, Phillips, and McKenzie. Yep. And I think um, what we saw this week is just confirming that for us, which is yep. great. So it looked like Powell and Zerha were the guys that took the hit in terms of CBAs with those which other two coming back in. Last yeah. week as well, didn't And we, we sort of thought that, that would be the case. So yep. Cunnington um, surprised you a bit, mate. Yeah, he had the second most CBAs of the team. And I know a lot of people are keen on Cunnington. Again, it just falls back to the same thing that we're talking about with like a Jason Horn Francis and this forward line. Yeah. It's just, it's, it's not the kind of a guy that I would want to go for when there are other options that are more certainties to be that top six kind of a player. There, there'll be teams that pick five of the top six forwards off the bat this oh, year. Oh, straight away. Yeah. yeah. And, and it's and, not even the worst play. Yeah. I think that that's what, <laughs> that's, that's a decent way to go. So for me, yeah. Cunnington, push him up your draft boards. I like, I like him as a pick and he could be a 90s guy. Um, but just when you have those other options, I'm not, I'm not sort of going there. So yeah, uh, touch on him, and then your boy Trishan Jerry. Your boy, that's very loose. <laughs> I, I, I like mention him once. Yeah, you stick very non-committal. <laughs> now he's my boy. Yeah, no, I just got to stick. You know, when he falls in flames and <laughs> and crashes and burns, then he's your boy. Now look, look, I think there was some merit to picking him, but we were watching to see the split between he and Goldstein. He was the number one ruck, but Goldstein still was in there. So I think that I'll relieve you from your boy status, and uh, and I don't think we're I don't either know. of Do us. Do I have many boys? I, I guess I got Josh Kelly. Josh Kelly, you got a guy. few more boys. Yeah, you need to get some more boys, man. Come yeah. on, maybe uh, <laughs> maybe maybe Doherty could be your guy. It's, it's yeah, well, it seems like he's not your guy. So Dacos, he's got to be Dacos. Oh, is, well, is out now. No, anyway. I'm sure I'll get some more boys as okay. the season comes along. Uh, but yeah, I don't think I don't think either of us are going there anymore. Nah. Just with the you know the split that could be happening. Now, um, mate, I don't know if I want to talk about this next game. Yeah, you were you were not happy. Oh, I'm never happy watching the Tigers, but I was particularly <laughs> not happy yesterday. And I know it was a preseason game, and but they looked like bloody traffic cones. They yeah, their pressure it was, was not just, a whole lot. Yeah, and, oh. and with when the when the Tigers don't have pressure, they don't have anything. They don't have anything. It's so a, it's a game style that's that's predicated on pressure. Yeah. So uh, I mean, this. But is that's that's what has me not too me worried about the Tigers in terms of like it's a preseason game. You can't expect them to come out like they would in a regular season game. So I'm not too worried. Yeah, maybe as much as you are. Um, it's not positive signs, but. I don't think it's panic station for the teams. Yeah, you know I do get a bit emotional when I watch the Let's talk fantasy. Let's talk fantasy. So maybe we'll start with the Melbourne team. Angus Brayshaw got off to a slow start, but after half time, really got it going and racked up a few plus sixes. I think that nothing's really changed for me in terms of Brayshaw. Although the Dawson Brayshaw thing to me is maybe a question that I'm going to have to ask myself. Do the thing? Have both. Yeah, yeah, that's what you're going with. Um, I don't know. My my structure's maybe not looking. That way, but yeah. I'm not ruling it out. Talking about Brayshaw here, there was slight concern for me coming into the last yeah. quarter. I think he might have had like I think he was like something. 42 or something, something like, like five minutes ago in the third quarter, and then he yeah, sort of put it on from there. This sounds weird, but I actually I actually liked the fact that he looked disinterested. If he yeah, had he really looked, didn't look like he was hungry. No, for it. If if he had a looked really hungry and looked like he was playing with intensity and he scored the seventy five or whatever that he yeah. scored, then I'd be like, "Ooh, that's a bit weird." But he he actually looked disinterested. There were opportunities there yeah. where he could have been like calling for the short forty five, and he was just kind of standing. He was there, just yeah, he was just cruising around. Cool I think he was. Just it, this there. is a classic preseason. I'm too cool for preseason kind of game. Yeah, to me, and, so. but then what we saw in the last quarter was just kind of like, ah, oh, yeah, there we go. Yeah, and he comes yeah, just relieved like, yeah, a, yeah. like a thirty five forty score in, in that yeah. quarter. So. Um, um, that for me, I was just like, no, that's that's yeah. good, and especially 
Especially they they had that game wrapped up. Oh yeah, within the first yeah, six minutes, it was minutes, not. Like, they didn't they didn't need to exert themselves too exactly. much. And, yeah, yeah. So I, I I think Brayshaw. Nothing's changed for me. He's probably not the upside pick that I wanted him to be earlier in the preseason. Yeah, so I think he's kind of like that hundred averaging guy. Um, yeah. I still think it's a it's a play instead of going a Doherty and going a play like that. They're both kind of. I think they're going to do what they're priced at. Yeah. But you're just saving that money. I think that's the reason why I'm, I'm leaning more towards that and not going to Doherty, just because I want that money to do other things. Yes. Okay. Um, so that's sort of my rationale there. Yep. Um, I just wanted to highlight as well for the Melbourne midfield, a lot more guys going through there. So we had Neil Bullen, Brayshaw in there for spurts, uh, Sparrow, Pickett, Petrarca, Oliver, and uh, Harms. I've got Herms there. <laughs> 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 I was trying to look at But that seven players going through that midfield where yeah. typically Melbourne are very tight in their midfield rotation. Mm, so yeah. uh, maybe we might see a slight down tick. I think Oliver's probably the guy that's the most safe in there. Yeah, but this, this, again, supports my argument of Petrarca a bit more forward. I'm not as keen on the upside that some people may think that he could get back to those 110s, which he has done in the past seasons. Um, I think he's still a gun, obviously, and he's going to be an average, uh, 100 averaging player, in my opinion. But I don't think that there's much upside in a player like a Petrarca if you're trying to get a value option, for example. Yeah. Yeah. So yep. just wanted to highlight that. Um, how much that carries over into the regular season, I'm maybe not as confident, but it is interesting that the comments have said that and we've seen it supported in this game. So, um, and then. The, the ruck battle. Two-headed monster. Yeah, Gorn and Grundy. They still split time. They split the time. It was pretty 50-50. Gorn, a little bit of time floating across half-back, but mostly for, for the big boys, it was a it was a ruck-forward split. Yep. Um, and, I mean, they did it well. They uh, I think they both had something like three goals to half-time. And, yeah. see, this is the thing. People um, will certainly be looking at what uh, Gorn did in the first half, which was like, 80 yeah, points or something yeah, and thinking, wow, it. this is amazing. He scored but, 100, I think, by, by three-quarter time. I mean, I made the point that, that Richmond looked significantly outplayed. There yeah. wasn't a lot of pressure in the game. No. They were taking marks at will up forward. Um, they're not going to get it that easy every week. And, and One of them's going to pop off like basically every week, I reckon. Yeah, but, but that, the problem is picking who. Consistency. And then if you have yeah. both, then you know the other one's not. So I think, I think in a, if, if we're going to take anything out of these preseason games, I think that in a draft scenario, you're picking Gorn over Grundy. Um, yep. I think Gorn will average more than Grundy. Grundy to me is Gorn has more strings to his bow. I think he does because he can. Yeah. He takes more of those marks where he drifts back behind the play. He's used, at least so far, he looks like he's used a bit more in general play yeah. than a Grundy. Grundy is a bit more like on the ground tackling, but he's not been used as like a link kind of a guy through marks. Uh, but, but Gorn has a bit more from um, the weekend. That's the only thing I can really learn from these games. Yeah. From the weekend, I think the point is they're not going to have it that easy. And, no. and you, you, if you think about every every team that comes up against Melbourne, what's the first thing that the coaching staff are sitting down Oh, they're trying about? to plan around how we're going to stop this ruck how duo. We, yeah, yeah, because... The, and the commentary team mentioned it uh, yesterday as well. The problem is, is not necessarily... Um, not necessarily the ruckman going forward and killing you, but how that impacts your matchup. So if, if Gorn goes forward... He suddenly has to take your best tall defender, yeah. Which then uh, 
brings a guy the like let's say uh, McDonald, then yeah. gets a lesser defender, yeah, and then a guy like Fritch or something like that. Fritch yeah. gets yeah. and Fritch is their leading goal kicker from yeah. last year, so it's it's the trickle down effect. So this a lot of teams are going to plan hard for this this ruck combination, how they're going to mitigate it. So um, don't expect what the boys did on the weekend to yeah. be what they'll be allowed to do. Yeah. I don't think you can go either of them in classic, uh, despite the good score from Gorn. Yeah, uh, let's move over to the Tigs. Taranto, lock him in, oh. in my opinion, and the fact that he did it. You know, in a it, game where they got pumped oh, and, and it the just, pressure was off. I think I said to you, I, I looked up and said to Mitch at halftime, I said, Taranto's got 48 points or, or whatever it was. I was like, how did that happen? Yeah, you didn't it, even it, see it's that. Very happen. quietly. Yeah, very quiet. Yeah. You know, eight marks, you know, kicked a goal, a couple of tackles. Those tackle numbers are going to go up surely. Yeah. So I have a lot of confidence in him being potentially a 110 kind of a player. So and if the Tigers actually played well, he could yeah, yeah. He could have gone 130. So, so. lock Taranto in, in my opinion. Yeah. I also wanted to note that Short was not in the center bounces. Um, you know, we were a bit surprised that he was in there last game, but don't think he had a single center bounce in this game at all. I'm just scrolling down. Yeah, uh, didn't play... Uh, I mean, he only played 60% time on ground, so it was kind of managed the rest of the sort of that last quarter, but no CBAs, was used off half-back. Didn't have the kick-in numbers that we might have liked. Bakes, um, Bakes was the big man on the kick-ins. Baker and Vlostone were sort of their main guys, and uh, yeah, Jaden Short didn't have any. So, Weird. I don't know. I don't know what what do you in terms of draft like we're obviously not picking yeah. him in classic but in terms of drafts like what are you doing with Jaden Short like I expect based on that game that he will get defender status but I don't know if he's the lock of being that top six hundred plus kind of guy that we maybe not thought if he's not he taking was. kickouts I yeah mean, his, his big thing is is he used know, to get a have, lot of those he'd have six to to ten kickouts a game depending on how many behinds were scored and every single one of them he'd play on and, and yeah. you undervalue you know how many points that actually contributes to his score so look I, I honestly don't know what to do with him in terms yeah. of draft order um, yeah, he, very interesting one if yeah if there's two guys you're weighing up against and, and one guy you sort of really know where their ceiling's at and you're kind of not happy with it and you can pick Jaden Short I, I like that in draft I think yeah. is a, a bit of a speculative thing yeah um might as well have a crack, yeah. yeah. If you get him late. I think the thing is just, yeah, Later. getting a bit of value. Um, and then just a couple of, well, a rookie that uh, I think put his hand up in this game, uh, Chandler from the uh, Melbourne Demons. What's his name? Cade Chandler, 200k forward. He looked decent, kicked a goal. I just worry about his role in the side when the uh, the hair comes back in. Yeah. yeah. Bailey Fritch. So, the hair. That's, um, that's, that hair is the best hair in the league. The way it just <laughs> stands up. Doesn't move. It's perfect. It's, yeah. I think Trent Cochin maybe had the, the most had it for a little while. Yeah. stiff hair in the league, Let old Lego head. Yeah. But then once Fritch came in, that, that yeah. thing is he, he, It took it to another level. Unbelievable. So, so <laughs> yeah. Goodness. I worry about his role when a player like that comes into the side and, again, could potentially be a bit of a sub, but uh, maybe a potential bench option for us there. So... Yeah. That will uh, that hey, do us today. We've got to wrap this thing up. Yeah, 117. That's a record. People so are checking out. Thank you so much. <laughs> you guys have tuned in uh, for this one here. And uh, maybe if you have tuned in all the way at the end and you are keen on joining the Draft League, if you just uh, mention uh, the hair down on the, oh, in, the, in the comments, that'll, that'll, know, that'll let us know that you guys tuned in Whoa. all the way through and uh, you might have a bit of a leg up in joining the Draft League. So again, <laughs> head over to Apple Podcasts, guys. Give us a five-star rating and review if you're keen on joining our Draft League. 
League. Uh, check the link in the description on YouTube and on Apple Podcasts to join our classic Open League as well. We look forward to versing a few of you guys out there um, when the fantasy season starts. Soon we're going to be going through position by position talking about our locks, our probables, our possibles, and the guys that we're passing on. So stay tuned for that one there, guys, and uh, we'll see you next time. And uh, happy fantasy team making. Bye. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Corient. Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of planning, investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.